Long fancies it. Long fancies it. It's wide to West. It's wide to West. Dwayne West inside to Joint. 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 Oh! Oh! Fantastic! They've won it. They've won it. Hello, everyone, and a sincere thank you for joining us for this, the very first Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast. You know, it's four years this month, would you believe, since Mike Steve-O Stevenson hung up his microphone on Sky Sports for the very last time. And it's exactly 18 months now since I followed him into the big, wide, wonderful world of retirement. Honestly, you know, I've lost count of the number of times the people who have asked me how the old boy is doing and what he's up to these days, plus scores of rugby league fans have told me how much they're missing his outspoken views. So, as we've all been locking down during the COVID crisis and following phone calls and Zoom meetings over the past few weeks, we decided to rekindle our partnership and bring you this offering of rugby league chat and doubtless a bit of good old nonsense as well. So, without further ado, let's say hello again and welcome back to my old mate, Steve-O. It's great to be back with you once more. I trust you're fit and well. How the devil have you been doing during this dreadful pandemic? Well, it's, it hasn't been easy, Eddie. All I can say, and it's amazing, it doesn't seem four years ago that we actually was working together. But I love the build-up. Because it's proven to me that you are still a very, very good liar. Absolutely wonderful. Your suggestion that people are trying to tell you that, oh, we've missed you. We Oh, yes. yes. Can you remember the days when everywhere we went, we got bagged? Everyone wanted to hate us. Unbelievable. And now you're trying to convince the general public that because we're back, they're all going to join in. Well, I they hope they do. Well, I they hope are. do. They will. Don't worry about that. And there was a guy in the supermarket telling me last week, Eddie, you and Steve-O, all is forgiven. So there you go. That, that, that was good enough for me to try and get this thing underway. Right, let's talk rugby league because that's what we're here to do. Uh, what a weekend down under in Australia, the NRL Grand Finals. So many talking points from the game, some big video referee calls. But how great was it, Steve-O, to see 40,000 people inside that stadium? Oh, if only we could have crowds here. Yeah, it is a bit of a shame. You know, the pandemic's really just ripped our sort of competition apart. Uh, But I must say that the Australian government, they seem to have got it right. Uh, They're allowing people to go to the games. And the quality of the Australian Rugby League has been outstanding. I've enjoyed every minute watching it on, on Sky Television. Though I must say, Eddie, I've, I've got to say I'm a bit disappointed with my old club, Penrith. I was hoping they could win it, but I think nerves got to them at the start and they never really got into the swing of things until it was too late. Well, that's true. They were 22-0 down, weren't they, at half-time? They did win the second half 20 points to four. They left it too late, didn't they? They, they did come back. And they had a real dig, but they just couldn't quite make it. Yeah, I, I think that also the Melbourne Storm, which rather surprised me. They were well in control of the game. And with about 20 minutes left, they just seemed to put the cue on the rack. 
they thought that it was one. I suppose everybody that was watching thought, oh, this is one-sided. It's going to be that way. And it, it just had that little bit of a key situation where the referee's decision and the bunker, I hate the bunker, but they went to the <laughs> bunker and it should have been disallowed. But it allowed them the opportunity, Penrith, to come back into the game. It was a little bit too late. But as I said before, my only worry was that they would be nervous. They didn't have the experience of appearing in a grand final. And they are a very, very young side. But the one thing I will say is that they are going to be around for quite some time. We've had the Melbourne Storm. They are very, very good. We've had the Roosters. But I think it's time now for the Penrith, especially with those young guys that they've got and a lot of junior development, they are going to be hard to beat next year. Yeah, they look they look a good side. They played really well, didn't they, during the course of the, the season proper and finished up with the, the minor premiership, as they call it, down there. But they, they didn't have yesterday a fellow like Cameron Smith, 37 years of age, and he's won another grand final. A, a, an outstanding member of, of, of the rugby league uh, fraternity down there, isn't he? Well, a lot of people call him GOAT, the greatest of all time. I, I don't like that expression, but... Is probably the best all-round hooker that I have ever seen. Um, and I'm 73 years of age, so I've seen quite a few running around. You know, the likes of Cunningham and Roby uh, and Clark at Warrington. They are very, very good players. But this Cameron Smith, to me, he looks as though he's playing in a dinner suit. It's very rare you find Cameron Smith actually playing the ball. How good a player is that? that can keep, he does all his defence, his tackling, but it's his running and schedule from dummy half. He just controls the game. His kicking game, wonderful. Gets it into the corner. They're a very, very good outfit. And I was w worried that, you know, that nervous situation, and let's face it, these, these young kids, the Panthers, they wouldn't have experienced that grand final attitude uh, where does Melbourne just add it on? But Cameron Smith, though, I think he's going to be in a little bit of trouble, Eddie, because uh, it, it has been recorded that he actually went to Sutton, the referee, and accused him of trying to make the game an exciting finish. He suggested oh that he suggested that, he, that the Penrith Panthers had been given penalties, what he thought, Cameron Smith, that is, that it gave them an opportunity to get back into the game. Now, I don't know what the NRL are going to do about it. I mean, he's such a famous figure, but you can't really accuse the referee of saying that he's trying to fix it. So it's it's a good climate for the finish of a grand final. So you did that for 26 has... years. You did that yeah, for 26 no, but, years. Yeah, I know, but listen, some, <laughs> something has to be done. But I thought, I thought certainly the referee was woeful. Uh, you know, I, I, I was, I've been a hooker for a long, long time, and uh, I can assure you, the one thing I don't like is referees. I think they're hopeless. I've never seen a, I've never seen an excellent referee in my life. I've seen good ones, but I've seen a lot of bad ones, and I don't think Sutton did himself any good whatsoever. And this bunker, when it's it's just <laughs> taken it's taken away the referees' control. They're frightened to death because of so many angles and the TV and they've got this and they're frightened to death that they've made a mistake 
but they should have enough courage if they've seen it. They look to the both to the touch judges either side. If they've given the nod, then give the try. Well, it you, irritates, say it, you say it, it irritates me. Well, I know video refereeing has always irritated you uh, from minute one, but I mean over here, and I can understand why people in uh, watching football think the VAR is ruining. Uh, the, the, the great game of football because that, that seems to me a complete not a nonsense but over here our video referee system I believe and I, st I still watch every game I believe it, it's 99.9% .9 brilliant I really do I, I think it, they get the right decision more times than they don't well I have and to the, agree I, I, you, I you have don't to like agree. the bunker you don't like no. the bunker but no, we've got a bunker I, over here yeah but the, we do it so quickly yeah. It's a case of, look, it, if he gives a try, then the the assessment has to be prove with the, beyond any doubt that that try was given by the referee. So therefore, if it's not conclusive, then it gets the benefit of the doubt to the try score inside. Whereas they just seem to be changing everything over in Australia. I don't like it. A lot of people, a lot of coaches hate it. Well, there's nothing nothing different about that with everything in Australia is trying to change the world. But listen, you, you mentioned it was your old club, Penrith. I remember you told me a fantastic story about when you first signed for them, uh, well, back in, <laughs> back in the, the dark old days. And yeah, well, you you tell the story. It's a great. Well, tale uh, hang on, Eddie. 1973 wasn't that dark. But uh, oh, it, it, it is, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a, a long time, a long time ago. Go on. Yeah, well, well, I'll I'll do this very very quickly because uh, I I signed a contract to leave Dewsbury, to play down in Australia for five years with the Penrith Panthers. I signed the contract on a Thursday, and on the following Saturday, Penrith played Manly, and the score was seventy points to seven in Manly's favour. <laughs> Someone <laughs> rang me up and said, have you heard the score from Australia? And I said, no. So I rang a friend of mine who works down in London at the AAP. And I said, could you do me a favor? Could you just check the results over the weekend? And he said, yeah, hang on. Blah, blah, blah. I came back and he said, oh, St. George. I said, no, I'm not interested in the full results. I just want to know the result between Manly and Penrith. Hang on, he says, yeah, 70 points to seven. <laughs> and I just felt silent. And I thought, I have just signed a five-year contract <laughs> to go to Penrith Panthers, and they've let in 70 points. But thankfully, when I went there, we never got beaten by that many anyway. Well, there you go. That's, that, that was one decision you must have regretted, and I know the other one was coming to work with me. In 1988-89. Look, talking of grand finals, Super League's grand final, no crowd, which we all know the reasons why, and no Old Trafford. It's switched to a Friday night at Hull. I mean, is it going to be a grand final like we've known it? No, it can't be. I think everybody's fully aware of that. Not to have any... I mean, we witnessed Wembley where it was empty. Uh, and as much as it was a close game, and and I thoroughly enjoyed it, I must it say, a great you know, both, it was a great game. Both, both Leeds and Leeds and Salford, they really put on a, a good exhibition. Um, I thought that once again, a referee's decision 
went a long way to perhaps stopping Salford from maybe lifting the trophy. I mean, I, I didn't think that the, that poorly, poorly penalty for the play of the ball uh, should have been a penalty. I mean, I watched that game and there must have been at least 10, maybe 15 play the balls exactly the same where the ball was put on the ground before they, before they became upright. You can't just pick and choose. No, but technically he was correct, Steve-O. He was correct. It was a penalty. Technically correct. I know what you're saying. It was harsh. Yeah, but technically it was right. Well, I'll put it this way. If it was technically correct, then every single time that that had been done by a player, we wouldn't get the game finished. It'll be penalty, 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 penalty. Mm. I can't understand. You know, years and years ago in this country, we used to complain that the Australians, they never touched the ball with a foot. They just rolled it back. Now it's all changed. We don't touch the ball with our foot. No. It's very rare we do that. We just roll it back. And yet in Australia, they have to use their, their foot. They changed the rule over here to one thing that I thought was disgraceful, was, oh, well, if they make an attempt, an attempt. What about a forward pass? Oh, I made an attempt to pass that ball backwards, but it just unfortunately went forward. You can't have it both ways. Look, the sooner both countries get together, sort it out. These are the rules that we're going to play. And that's why we come under all sorts of restrictions and different ideas when it comes to the World Cup or a test series. We just have different rules and regulations. Why can't we have the same rules for every single country? Well, it's a great question. And I'm sure someone, one of these days, will answer it. Let's hope the grand final doesn't come down to a, a technicality and a, a little bit more of controversy. But, I mean, you know, the, if it does, that's, that's just one of those things. Who's going to get there, Steve? Everyone wants to know who's going to make it to the grand final. St. Helens are a shoe in aren't they? You'd have to think so. They are the, they're the holders of the trophy and um, they look as though that they've got uh, a big squad. Uh, Wigan have to be the second favourites to get there. Warrington, they're a bit iffy. They have the players. They're certainly individual players that can that can win them a game. But to say being consistent, and that's what you need, especially in this pandemic, is that you've got to have depth. And I'm just worried about when it does get to the grand final, that who's going to win it? Is it going to be won by skill, quality and rugby league? Absolutely sensational stuff. Tries being scored in the corner. And you think, wow, that was sensational. Or are we going to find ourselves in a situation whereby how many players are going to be crocked? How many players are going to have to have a needle before they go out there? How many players are going to have knees and shoulders and elbows and wrists all strapped up just so that they can actually get onto the field of play? Hasn't because that been the, the case for, for time immemorial, though? Hasn't that been the case all the way through? Yeah, but in such a short time, Eddie. In the olden days, it, uh, yes, I understand that, that, you know, I remember Wigan having to play four or five games within the space of a fortnight. But that was because of the weather. Now, we've got to do this because of the pandemic. And I, I, I know that they've got to give the product, which Sky Television and BBC, they want that product. They don't, they don't want to say, well, we can't do this and we can't do that. And I think Sky has been absolutely tremendous in supporting 
so that at least the fans can watch it on television. But I am wondering, are the players going to suffer so much? They're playing games within two days and three days. We're having to bring young kids in who really aren't ready. I know a lot of people, they look at it and they say, oh, it's great for the young kids. But eventually, when it comes to the grand final, are we going to have 100% players out there fully fit? No. No, it might it might come down to that. And, of course, also the the COVID-19 and the testing that, that goes on because each and every week it seems to be that they find players who are suffering as, uh, as far as that's concerned. Let's look at the other end of the table, Steve-O. Wakefield. They got their first win in 10 last week. Chris Chester allegedly under a bit of pressure. The, the players had fallen out with him, but they came up with a fantastic win. Uh, no lack of spirit in the camp. And then the next game over this last weekend, they beat Hulkingston Rovers. Probably has decided the wooden spoon, hasn't it? I think the Robins are going to stay foot of the table, aren't they? Well, you'd think that way, but uh, it, it's amazing. That, you know, social media can be so good in one thing and it can be so bad in quite a lot of other things. Can be so um, good in getting podcasts to people, Steve-O. Well, it, of course <laughs> it is. But what I'm saying, I said it's good and bad. But it, it's an amazing thing how people who will get on these <laughs> these websites and the and the podcasts or whatever, just like what we're doing, we're giving our opinion. But I can't believe the amount of, of sort of pressure that they've applied to Wakefield. You know, saying that some of the players disagreed with the coach, they wasn't any good, et cetera, and so forth. Well, I think those two wins have certainly bolstered that they they're behind they were behind the coach and 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 sometimes through adversity that's what you need sometimes you need something like that to lift it up and maybe some of those Wakefield players who may have thought to themselves that perhaps he wasn't a good coach and there's always times you can't always be picked for first grade you can't always you're going to have a fallout with a coach somewhere down the line and a coach has got to say to a player, I'm sorry, you're not playing good enough. You're not being selected. Now, nobody likes that. There's no player on earth that likes a coach to come up, pull him to one side and say, I'm sorry, you're not selected for this game or you're not selected for the next three or four. I want you to try to get a bit fitter or I want you to try to do this and I try to do that. And they'll try to get them back into the level that the coach wants. But... Everybody seems to just jump on the bandwagon, just say, oh, sack him, do this, do that. It, it, it's just an amazing sort of thing that how many people now behind, and I say this, behind their real name or maybe a different photo, and they just drag rugby league and a lot of other sports, they drag it down to the depths and I, I'm thinking, why do we allow all this? But they all say freedom of speech, and that's what we're doing. We're having freedom of speech. Look, we've, we've, we've touched on the Challenge Cup final. We've mentioned the fact that things maybe were a bit harsh on Salford. Um, it was the day of the number seven, wasn't it, for, for Leeds? It was the day of Luke Gale, and how appropriate, really, with all that Rob Burrow, poor Rob Burrow, is going through at the moment. Um, you know, a, a fantastic drop goal from Luke, which he does on a regular basis. It was a good, a really, really good cup final. It's a pity there weren't 80 or 90,000 there to cheer it on, but there you go. Um, and as I say, Leeds 
winning it with a little bit of controversy for, for Salford. But we've got to remember Rob Burrow, haven't we? And Mossy Masoy, for that matter, who, who apparently went back into Wakefield's ground uh, over the weekend. He went in on crutches. And what a miracle that Mossy is, is back on his feet, so to speak. They, they thought he would never walk again. It's amazing. You know, his, his determination to get through physiotherapy, etc., and so forth. Uh, it, it really is sort of heartbreaking to know that, uh, that you know, Rob Burrow uh, is in this sort of situation and the amount of people that are wishing him all the best. And let's hope that we can get some cure very, very quickly. And I thought it was wonderful, you know, that the Leeds camp, they said they won it for Rob Burrow. Yeah. And that, that would have been a great incentive they would have been in that dressing room down at Wembley. And I'm sure, I'm sure that Richard Agar would have said, hey, come on, lads, we're not just doing this for us. We're doing this for the fans. But more importantly, we're doing it for Rob Burrow. And I, I thought it was a, a great tribute to him. And you talk about determination. I mean, he's just, he's just wonderful, a wonderful player. And more than that, what a nice guy. I've oh, met wonderful. quite a few people in I've met quite a few people in rugby league, and I can assure you, he's one of the nicest blokes I've ever come across. I don't know about you. I've not. I've got it recorded. I've not been brave enough yet to watch the half-hour documentary that went out over over the the week of the Challenge Cup final about Rob that the BBC. I, I, I've just not been. I don't know whether I can cope with it because when the news first came through, I was away on holiday. Uh, back end of last year, start of uh, 2020, that, that Rob was ill. And I saw all the pieces on social media again. Oh, it, it, it ripped me to shreds. I, I, I don't know whether I can get through the 30-minute documentary about it. I've seen it, and uh, I, 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 I filled up. I, I would doubt anybody who, who witnesses uh, it is, uh, is not going to feel for that, for that man and for his determination. And, and as I say, let, let, let's hope. I mean, we're all in hope at the moment that we, we can find, you know, a cure for this pandemic. And let's hope that at the same time, uh, maybe we could find a cure for the problem that, that Rob is going under. Uh, and Absolutely. It, it, it's times like that. And you talk about that Challenge Cup final, just, just as an afterthought, Remember, I, I suggested that it's may going to be difficult at the, the grand final this year as to how many fit players are actually going to, you know, not run out, but walk out mm. onto that grand final pitch at Hull. And you just think to yourself, what on earth can, can they do? Now, it has been shown that, you know, Brown played at Wembley with an injury. And let's face it, he didn't have one of his better games. And, and I wondered, did he go out there carrying an injury? And how many times have we seen that? Already? Our game can just turn. Because Brown was not at his magical best. This, well, this, he, isn't, he, isn't he the only man to have played in four cup finals for four different clubs and lost every one? I mean, God love him. You know, what a, what a, what a terrible record to take, to take with you. Yeah, and, and probably that may have swayed the Salford's thinking. You know, is this an opportunity, fourth occasion, to come up with a win? But it, it must have been a very, very difficult decision, both from the player and, of course, from, from the coach, who, according to a lot of rumours, is now 
now saying that he's destined out of Salford and he's on his way to Hull. Now that's oh. the latest rumor that that's the latest rumor that's been that's doing the rounds. But I, I, I must say, uh, I'd like to also praise Richard Agar as well, because a, a lot of people thought that he was just going to be a stand-in uh, when when they they sacked the, the coach and he was to go in there and this and I think he's done a damn fine job of taking taking them away from a team that looked as though they were heading for relegation. If if they'd have carried on in the same way, they they looked to be lost. They didn't have any power in the forwards, etc., and so forth. And they and had that lot... shocking result against Bradford in the cup in uh, 2019 as well, didn't they? Precisely. Yeah. And everyone I mean... everyone thought, you know, oh well, he'll only be there as a stand-in. And I'm pleased for Richard Agar, and I'm pleased on, on one thing because he's he's also broken a record, hasn't he? Because his father, Alan. He coached uh, a winning side at, at Wembley, and now his son has done exactly the same thing. And there's also another side to that, is that Dewsbury, they haven't won many, many trophies over the years, but Alan was in the side uh, at Dewsbury when I played in 1973, when we won the championship, and years later... Alan's son, Richard, also lifted a trophy for Dewsbury. And it's been a long time since Dewsbury won two trophies in about <laughs> well over 60, 70 years. Forgetting the, the war years where they had guest players during the war or at Dewsbury. And they had a very good side when, when Eddie Waring used to attract all the top stars from all the other clubs. But... Take that away, and I think it's a wonderful effort, and I'm, I'm pleased for I'm pleased for both of them. And if they're listening, uh, I'm giving all my regards to you, Alan. I haven't seen you for a long, long time, and there's a lot of people we haven't seen. I hope you're well, and I hope that Richard Agar goes on. And who knows, they might they might make the four. And Leeds, Steve, typical of the club they are, not resting on their laurels. News this weekend: Sean Long is coming back as their assistant coach. Yeah, it raised a few eyebrows, that, didn't it? Um, completely out of the blue, because it appeared that Sean Long was making uh, quite a, a good progress in, in rugby union matters. But uh, I suppose deep down, let's face it, Sean Long, he, he loves rugby league. One of the, one of the best halfbacks that we've ever had. And certainly, look, Richard Agard is no fool. He knows what that Sean Long can do for the Leeds club. We talk all so often about how Leeds, they keep bringing these youngsters through. And what better than to have one of the best halfbacks that we've seen, what, in the last 20 years at least, uh, to guide them through. And I think, that's, I think that's pretty smart by Richard Agar. Because let's not forget, you know, Agar was coach uh, when Sean Long actually played at Hull. So they, they go back a fair, a fair way. They understand each other. And I'm sure that Sean Long has got the brains, especially in the halfback position, to be able to bring the youngsters through at Leeds. This is not a short term. I know evidently it's only for one year, but if it works out, I can see Sean Long developing those juniors at Leeds. And let's face it, they always have good juniors at the Rhinos. And I think it is a great, a great signing. Yes, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out, won't it? We've spent about a half an hour 
chatting away here. Um, we spent nearly 30 years doing the same on television. And, and let me just tell everybody who's listening, this has got nothing whatsoever to do with Sky Sports. This is just you and me rattling on half an hour, uh, weekly, we hope, about, about Rugby League. But we had some great times. Um, I, my abiding memory is your ear getting bitten off at the Nosley Safari Park. It's a tremendous uh, draw in prospect, the draw of the last 16. Leeds, Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> it's just tacking me. It's after you. It's after your, your scarf. <laughs> Get it off me, will ya? You wanted to go in there? No! Oh! <laughs> Got me here. It took a big chunk out of it's bleeding! Oh no, it's bleeding! The thing just ripped my ear off! What do you think? That was just one of the great moments, great moments in broadcasting history. And hopefully, during the course of this series, we will. Well, well hey, we will hang on. Remember hang things on. like that. Go, hang on. Go on. Hang on. It, it, it wasn't a good time for me. Uh, it ruined my coat because the. I couldn't. I couldn't stop the bleeding, but maybe a lot of people don't understand that after we came out of the safari park, you had just picked up a brand new Jaguar car. Well, it wasn't and a Jaguar, but go on, it was a Ford. And, go on, go on. Well, was it a Ford? Well, yeah, it was yeah. A, it, it was, was a, a posh. It was a posh car, anyway. Well, it was a posh car for you. It was a Ford Sierra. It was one. Of the, it was an old one. Go on. Uh, well, it, it had four doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's not let the facts get in the way of a no, good story. No, 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 no. I think it's you think it's it was amusing when I got my ear bitten off, but I found it equally as amusing that you were still laughing when you, we both got into your car, and you reversed back into a huge rock, and uh, <laughs> and did about did about eight hundred to one thousand pounds damage on your brand new car. Yes, even it cost me Steven. a fortune. Even, even <laughs> Stevens, my friend. Even Stevenson, I'll tell you, that's absolutely true. That is a, that, that, that is a true story. He hasn't, he hasn't embellished that. Look, it's been great talking to you. Everyone listening to this, um, Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast, has now got its own YouTube channel. Can you believe this, Steve-O? We've got our own YouTube channel. You What's can, YouTube? Uh, get to us. YouTube, which what you're talking on what, now. What, is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I'm on you your all... team. Hello, yeah, and, anybody and... listening? <laughs> we also are on social media. Our Twitter handle is at oh, no, Eddie no. underscore Stevo. So you can get in touch with us at the hashtag Eddie oh. and Stevo. It's the ampersign, though. Eddie ampersign Stevo. And just put the hashtag in before that. But don't worry, Stevo. We're not going to ask you. Uh, and in fact, they're not going to ask me to respond to any uh, any comments and any uh, criticisms that we have. Our uh, producer, uh, Mr. Mark Hemmings, who is a, a relative of mine, well, he's my, he's my son, he's the son and heir, he is going to be uh, answering all of the... Uh, of the uh, the comments that come in, so so we're, we're clear of that. <laughs> <laughs> I've made it. I've made it. I've made it to YouTube. And what yeah. else? We're on Twitter. 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 Uh, First yeah. time in our lives we've been on Twitter. So there you go. <laughs> Lovely talking. I hope people have enjoyed it. We'll be back next week. Mm -hmm.